Hello there, my name is Lewis James, and I'm a composer, video game music enthusiast, and all-round nerd. Now, video game music has always inspired me and fascinated me throughout my life. For anyone that's counting, that's almost 30 years. The ability to immerse myself in different worlds, stories, and environments, and have the music act as a gateway to these mystical places never ceases to amaze me. So many boundaries have been broken in such a short space of time because of this medium. I invite you to join me as I analyse some of the greatest video game soundtracks of all time. Welcome to My Melodies of Life. This promises to be a big episode as I'll be starting to cover a lot more sacred ground in the eyes of the Final Fantasy fandom. But first, let's cover what I've been up to over the past month. It's admin time! At the time of writing, it'll be just over a week since Distant Worlds' World Tour celebrating Final Fantasy's 35th anniversary at London's Royal Albert Hall. It was amazing to experience the thrills of hearing the music of Final Fantasy performed by a live orchestra once again. I can't believe it's already been a year since the concert celebrating the music of Final Fantasy VII Remake was presented by the charismatic enigma that is Arnie Roth. I can't think of a better way to carry on with the celebrations than doing a deep dive into one of the most monumental soundtracks to ever land during the 16-bit era of video game history. Before we do, I have one last update. Starting with this episode, I'll be aiming to release one episode every two weeks on a Monday instead of every month. This should help with the growth of the podcast give new listeners more episodes to listen to, and more music to check out. Speaking of music, ladies and gentlemen, we are finally talking about Final Fantasy VI. Final Fantasy VI is the last game in the series to be released on the SNES before jumping ship to Sony's PlayStation, with their next instalment. If anyone is wondering why I'm calling this game Final Fantasy VI instead of Final Fantasy III, as the fifth game initially did not release in Japan, I recommend listening to the episode on Final Fantasy IV, as that will explain everything. The game released in 1994 with only a six-month gap between the initial release in Japan and the North American localization. Any PlayStation owners who never owned a Nintendo console would have had to wait until 2002 when it was finally ported to the CD-operated platform. This game has a very special place in history thanks to one man. I say this because Final Fantasy VI is credited as the directorial debut of current Final Fantasy brand manager and head of business unit 1, Yoshinori Kitase. Did I mention that this game is Japan's best-selling video game of 1994? No wonder Kitase is a household name in the video game sphere. The story synopsis must have some bite then. Before we take a look at that, 
this is where I take out the obligatory potential mild spoiler warning. And with that covered, let's dive in. The ancient war of the Magi. When its flames at last receded, only the charred husk of a world remained. Even the power of magic was lost. In the thousand years that followed, iron, gunpowder, and steam engines took the place of magic, and life slowly returned to the barren land. Yet, there now stands one who would reawaken the magic of ages past, and use its dreaded power as a means by which to conquer all the world. Could anyone truly be foolish enough to repeat that mistake? Sheesh, already at a bleak start. I can tell that the more steampunky setting is going to set the mood of the story already. Another thing that I have found out whilst researching for this episode is that Final Fantasy VI does not have a main theme per se. That has been outright replaced by the theme for this game's protagonist, Terra Branford, and is also used as the first overworld theme. One look at her character profile will tell you everything you need to know about how this main theme will sound. Let's listen to the music first, then see this character profile and see how they link together. According to Terra's page on the Final Fantasy VI fandom wiki, quote, At the onset of Final Fantasy VI, Terra is confused and fearful and has amnesia, strengthening her hesitations. She has no idea who or what she is or what the war she has been caught up in is about. The few memories she has imply she was a willing soldier of the Empire, disturbing her and causing her to be wary of joining the Returners uncertain if she belongs with them and can trust them. Terra comes to hate and fear her powers, as she feels they are only good for destruction and alienate her from others who fear her or would exploit her abilities." End quote. This is all you need to hear in order to understand what is going on here. The key is also very irregular, that being G minor. We all know that deep down that Terra is innocent, and the solo flute playing the melody perfectly depicts this. We see her at the beginning of the game under some sort of control before being snapped back to her senses. How would she feel if you have no recollection of atrocities that you have no say in? You'd be uncertain about the future as well. Another character theme that I want to bring to the limelight is Celeste's theme. The reasons for this are plenty, some more interesting than others. Listen to the melody. If you've played the game before, or at least have a fondness at the soundtrack, I'm sure you'll recognize it from somewhere else.
Sound familiar? What you're hearing is the main leitmotif that is used in the opera of Maria Andraco, where Celeste becomes a last-minute understudy for the role of Maria. What I find interesting with this theme is that it is played before the opera is even performed. Perhaps the role is more suited to her than even Celeste herself may realize. With the setting that the world of Final Fantasy VI is based on, we're going to see some feats of technology that we'll probably never see in the real world, at least not in our collective lifetimes. There is one landmark area in the game that is the epitome of unrealistic, but also makes a lot of sense in the narrative of the game. The music helps bring this feat into perspective tremendously. Let me introduce you to Castle Figaro. A castle in the middle of the desert. Why is this here? This is one of my favorite pieces of this game's soundtrack purely because of how accurately it depicts what I just said. The regality of the brass with the mystery that surrounds the key of D flat major. The second section headed by the strings tells us that there is more to this castle than meets the eye by playing a descending melody. Those of you who have played the game will already know what I am talking about. I don't want to give the surprise away to anyone who hasn't played it yet. As far as I'm aware, Final Fantasy VI is the first game in the series to have two different boss battle themes. Final boss aside, depending on how powerful the foe is. I don't just mean character specific themes like Big Bridge from Final Fantasy V, but an entirely separate theme for harder fights. Let's hear both of them here, starting with the more lower tiered boss theme, the decisive battle. the sense of desperation and determination to win is still present in the music. But there's also a feeling of the melody trying to rush the rest of the parts forward to try and get to the end of the theme as quickly as possible. Similarly to how you'd want a fight to end quickly before the odds are no longer in your favour. For example, in the second section, there is what sounds like an uneven time signature in the second bar of this section. I'll play it for you so you know what I'm talking about. No, the music didn't skip. It's like the melody and the percussion cut a proverbial corner in the music. It reminds me of when someone dodges an attack just in the nick of time. The time signature itself doesn't actually change but the illusion is definitely strong. Now we know what to expect from bosses that we'd typically spot in games like this. What do we listen to when we find something that just sucks all the anticipation for the fight ahead 
out of the air. We hear battle to the death, of course. When you're against the odds, you always rely on instinct first and foremost. A bucket load of training and experience are essential, don't get me wrong, but all of that simply adds on to any instinctive traits you may already have. The fast tempo, accompanied by the military-style percussion and the unconventional melody, perfectly represents this trait. The fact that this and the decisive battle are both in the same key, A minor, shows that this is certainly a step up from other fights. A sense of integrity and hope that our heroes will see the other end of the battle in one piece is brought to the fold when the second section moves to the relative major of A minor, which is C major. You wouldn't be able to figure this out the first time round, as everything is progressing so fast, but that's exactly what the music is trying to say. You just do not have the time to process it. The only thing you need to think about next is this. Will I survive the following second? Sorry. Did I just say that was the most intense piece of music in the Final Fantasy VI soundtrack? No, that is simply not true. There is one other piece that can top the intensity of Battle to the Death which will evolve to become one of the most iconic and prominent video game themes of all time. To be continued. <laughs> 